Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hi, everyone. I had the pleasure of talking with some pharmacy leaders this past weekend at the annual APHA meeting here in Nashville. In this episode, you'll hear from Lucinda Main, who's been well-recognized as a pharmacy leader for a number of years. She was such a delight to talk with, and I helped her achieve one of her goals for a successful meeting, which is to meet someone new and to also build a deeper relationship with an existing colleague. I thought this was such a great tip for having a successful meeting and asked if I could borrow it for any future meetings that I attend. I hope you'll enjoy this interview with Lucinda Main to hear what things she's working on at AACP. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Uh, Lucinda Main, who is the Executive VP and CEO of AACP, or the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy. AACP is the organization representing pharmacy education, and Lucinda took over that position in 2002. And she has most recently been awarded APHA's Gloria Nehemiah Frankie Leadership Mentor Award. It's so uh, such an honor to be here with you today, Lucinda, at the APHA annual meeting, and welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and tell us a little bit more about your personal life. Well, thank you. So my being at AACP, which I have been for the last 16 years, was the perfect combination of the earlier components of my career, half of which were in pharmacy education and half of which were in association management. I started in pre-pharmacy at Auburn in early in the 70s and really honestly never looked back from that point forward. Uh, got very engaged in pharmacy associations as a student and then consist, you know, consistently throughout the early component of my career. I had two faculty positions, one at, all, one at uh, Minnesota where I got my PhD and one at Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. But then in 1992, I left academia and joined the staff of the American Pharmacists Association, where I worked for 10 years. And so it was about 10 years in academic pharmacy, 10 years in association management. And when they called to ask if I might be interested in the AACP position, I said, well, you know, maybe on that balance, I'm well prepared to lead Pharmacies Education Association. And it has been a wonderful experience for the last 16 years. Yeah, well, that, that, that's very helpful in getting that background. So first, could you tell us a little bit more about AACP? Who are the typical members and, and what's the main function or mission? Sure. We get up every morning and we say, how can we help our members improve the quality of pharmacy education in America today? Our members are both the colleges themselves, like Ole Miss, Mm -hmm. your alma mater, and the faculty and administrators who work at our 144 colleges of pharmacy now. And so we do the things that associations do. We have meetings. We publish things. um, We help with faculty development, help them be better teachers, better researchers. Um, and we support the administrators through a, a range of services like the Centralized Application Service for Pharmacy School. Yes, wonderful. 
Uh, and can you tell us a bit more about your role as executive vice president and CEO and, and what types of initiatives are you focused on? Sure. You know, first and foremost, I make sure that the system of governance works for the association. That's our boards, our committees, our councils, our membership affinity groups. And then personally, I am directly involved with strategic planning. I'm also very engaged in our work in interprofessional education and have been for um, intensely for the, almost the last 10 years with my colleagues in medicine, nursing, dentistry, and public health through the Interprofessional Education Collaborative. Oh, well, that is that is such a needed role because as we're seeing, it's more of a healthcare team and pharmacists are definitely part of that healthcare team. So I think it's helpful as students to learn what's your role and, and how do you interact with these different professions? So I, I will only somewhat in jest say that many times my collaborators will say, why does it seem like pharmacists and pharmacy educators are so all over IPE? Why? And they often lead it on their campuses. Mm -hmm. And I just smile and I say, well, it's really very simple. We've known in pharmacy that medication use is a team sport for a very long time. Right. And what we want you to appreciate is the role that the pharmacist plays on that team. It's very important. And typically... Once I say medication use is a team sport, they just kind of shake their head in an affirmation. Yeah. And all of a sudden they go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So my role, um, above and beyond all else, is as an ambassador for the profession. Yeah, yeah. Well, you certainly do a great job of that. Uh, and so, Lucinda, I have been helping to advise a local college of pharmacy here in Nashville, uh, recently kind of coming into that role a little bit. And in preparation for their regular ACPE accreditation cycle, some of us advisors had the chance to review their self-study. And from that, I learned some of the newer areas of pharmacy education, which specifically focus on interprofessional learning and entrepreneurial or, or innovative experiences. So what have you seen uh, some of the biggest areas of change in pharmacy education over the last 10 to 15 years since you've been in this leadership position? Well, you know, we are very close to completing the transition. When I, when I was a student in the 70s, mm -hmm. pharmacists had just been told that it was okay to talk to patients. And our focus was very much on the chemistry and the biology of drug products. Sure. Uh, communications was just beginning to come into the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And therapeutics was at its infancy. And now if you contrast that with your education, it is light years apart. And so we've made the tr transition from a drug focused, even though pharmacists know more about drugs than anybody else on the planet. But it's really now about what does this drug do for and in this patient? Mm -hmm. and, and what is it that I as a pharmacist need to do and to ensure that the patient's outcomes, optimal outcomes, are achieved? And that takes a whole different skill set. And beyond that, where I say we're almost there, mm -hmm. we're not there completely in team-based care. Right. And... We aren't where we need to be in helping that graduate activate that knowledge in unique career opportunities, mm -hmm. including entrepreneurial activities where they're going to build a practice that doesn't exist today. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. 
Uh, so with all the changes that are going on in healthcare, how do you stay current with what's going on in the, in the healthcare space? So it's actually easier for me to stay current in what's going on in the healthcare space than in the pharmaceutical drug use space. I joke and say, you know, there wasn't a MAB in existence when I you know, with last practicing pharmacy, and now as I monitor the new drug information, it seems like mm -hmm. every drug that comes out has MAB at the end of its generic name. Mm -hmm. And and so I have I have said uncle on, on drug use knowledge. <laughs> However, I actually spend a lot of my time um, monitoring the system's changes in healthcare, mm -hmm. probably at the macro level rather than at the micro level. Um, and I do that through my work with my colleagues in the other health professions. I do that through our work at the National Academies of Me Medicine, which used to be the Institute of Medicine, mm -hmm. through a global forum on innovation in health professions education. And that, plus the other work of the NAM, is a lot about changes in healthcare today. Yeah. Most of the meetings that I attend focus on changes in healthcare today. And so it's just kind of what I, what I surround myself with and absorb at every opportunity. Yeah, well, there's, there's certainly a lot going on. It's, it's good that you have multiple modes of keeping up with, with all of that. So as a follow-up question, what do you see as the biggest needs for educating the next generation of pharmacists to prepare for the new roles that are becoming available, whether it be in pharmacogenomics, medical cannabis, population health? Wow, there's a lot, and, and that's intimidating because the curriculum is already very, very full. Uh, but I think that genomics is an area that is critical for the profession to fully embrace, and one of the committees I work with this year is going to be coming out with some new recommendations about how we can strengthen the curriculum in that regard. Then I think the other thing is helping pharmacists optimize and mature and increase their comfort in their relationship with both patients and prescribers, mm -hmm. traditional prescribers and non-traditional prescribers. Um, because when machine learning and artificial intelligence gets embedded into the substrate of healthcare, and we're not there yet, but we'll be there faster than we think, um, it's going to be the relationship that pharmacists are able to maintain with the public and with fellow health professionals that will keep them in the game. Right. Absolutely. So what really excites you about the future of pharmacy? Well, the most exciting thing to me is, is that by the middle of 2018, we, AACP, as the lead, but not the only organization, will be launching a national consumer-facing media campaign that is designed to help especially women over 35 better understand what it is that pharmacists can do for them and their family and their community. Okay, that so is a is missing focus. This is patient focused. Okay. It is a missing ingredient when we look at what our organizational colleagues have been doing in terms of public relations. Sure. For the most part, it's either pharmacist facing right. or politician facing. But we need the consumer to understand yeah. and the demographic that we're targeting are those women yeah. who are the central caregiver, not only for their nuclear family and the decision maker around their health, 
but increasingly also for their parents and their grandparents and their uncles and you know who are chronically ill aging people who for whom medication use is the most important intervention and they need the pharmacist to help them do that well yeah absolutely and i think that is much needed i was actually in a session yesterday that was focused on the collaboration between physicians and pharmacists and uh, one of one of the I guess kind of stories of success and and making that happen or uh, facilitating that kind of relationship of pharmacy being integrated in physician practices was that having a really defined uh, job description for the pharmacist was helpful and then they rolled that into a brochure that the patient was getting so the doctor wasn't yeah. spending all of the time trying to educate the patient on what the benefit of their next appointment with the pharmacist was going to be. Uh, because there is a, a perception there that, oh, you're, you're seeing your pharmacist at, you know, your typical retail store, but uh, there, there are so many more things that we're doing. And so I think that's really brilliant. I'm excited to see more of that this summer. And I think the explosion of pharmacist integration into physician office practice mm -hmm. is the next important evolution of the profession. Yeah, absolutely. And HCA here in Nashville has done a really fabulous job of that. Uh, Angela Dyer, I've in interviewed her uh, a couple of episodes ago. And then also Bon Secours uh, in Virginia, that system there has really done some amazing things. I'm sure there are others across the country, but those two really stand out to me. Uh, so as a final question, I know you've had uh, interest in predictors of success in pharmacy education. Uh, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for those who are just getting started in their career? I think that no matter where you're practicing, practice can be very isolating. I mean, you're focused on, on translating your drug knowledge into whatever context it is. And this is where, since 1977, I have found my involvement in national pharmacy organizations to be so critically important. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have, you know, colleagues. Somebody reminded me yesterday that we met in 1978 in his backyard when I was an industry intern at Upjohn. And he hosted a, bar a backyard barbecue. And it's David Creeling from the University of Wisconsin, social administrative pharmacy colleague of mine for four decades yeah um and and you know pharmacy as a profession is very small mm -hmm. but it can feel very lonely if you're disconnected from colleagues and yeah. so i strongly encourage yeah. young people especially to uh, not go it alone yeah. and to get themselves to state and national pharmacy association meetings meet people while you're there because mm -hmm. somebody has already solved the problem that you are trying to solve right now <laughs> Yeah, that's such great advice, especially since we're getting to meet here face-to-face -face at the APHA annual meeting, which is in Nashville, where I am, and excited to have all these pharmacists here. And Lucina, it was so great to have you on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Pleasure to meet you, Hillary. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, 
Connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Lucinda and some of the hustle and bustle of Nashville since we were talking on a patio outside at Music City Center. Stay tuned for the next episode where I interview another special guest that I met at APHA's annual meeting in Nashville 2018.